must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic process. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I have a dream. Welcome to Great Men Back Then. Here's your host, Lauren Scott. You are listening to Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. And welcome to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about, you guessed it, great men. Specifically, great men from American history. Now, I know what you may be thinking right now. How can it be possible that a college student can possibly judge the character of some of the men in our history and call them great? Especially when many of them had tremendous faults and made loads of mistakes. I mean, for crying out loud, more than half of the Founding Fathers owned slaves. My response to that would be this. Yes, many of our men in history were flawed and made choices that were most definitely not commendable. But I am here to give you the facts. If we take a closer look into the lives of these men, we can better understand just where they're coming from. A lot of people we will focus on have lived through more tragedy and more grief than most people in the 21st century will ever know or understand. Wars, adultery, child loss, and illness all play into the effect of how a person lives their life and makes decisions. For greatness is not about the number of mistakes one makes, but the number of times one overcomes those mistakes and perseveres through hardships. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I would like to give a little shout out to some of my most faithful listeners, Parker and Truman. My Mimi tells me that you guys listen every single week and that you really enjoy the show. And I just wanted to say thank you for your support. And I really hope that you are learning just as much as I am by listening to these episodes. Today, we'll be talking about the ninth president of the United States, William Henry Harrison. I have with me Maddie Welsh, a sophomore studying history and journalism. Maddie, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Lauren. How about yourself? I'm also doing well. I'm thrilled that you're able to join me today. Well, thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. So Maddie is a history major. Therefore, she has no excuse if she gets these questions wrong, right? Right. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Although I did tell her that we would be featuring William Henry Harrison. And so she has brushed up a little bit on her facts, but she's not an expert, so we won't hold it against her. All right, Maddie, your first question. What is Harrison most well known for? Um, I'm going to say probably the fact that he died one month into office. Am I correct? That is correct, Maddie. He was only president for 32 days before he died. Well done. My next question for you. He became famous for leading the Americans to victory in which battle? Hint, it was a battle in the War of 1812. I have, I actually have not brushed up on my War of 1812 facts lately, unfortunately. No, um, it's okay. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I even have a guess. All right. It was the Battle of Tippecanoe. Oh, I should have known. That was his nickname, wasn't it? Uh, close. Yeah. That That is going to be one of our questions, oh, actually. Oh, yes. No. All right. After the victory in the Battle of Tippecanoe, Harrison earned himself a nickname. Can you name what that was? Something with Tippecanoe in it, I'm going to guess. Close. Um, was it 
old Tippecanoe? Oh my goodness, almost right. It was old tip. Oh, okay. Very nice. Yes. All right, Maddie, you're doing pretty good so far. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm not incriminating myself in the history department. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. All right. My next question for you. Harrison had a family member that signed the Declaration of Independence. Do you know which member this was? Was it his father? It was indeed his father. Amazing. He came from a very political family. Um, all right, my next question for you. Harrison had a grandson named Benjamin Harrison. Can you name Benjamin Harrison's greatest political achievement? I'm not sure if I can. All right, Benjamin Harrison actually became the 23rd president of the United Wait. States. Oh my gosh, I should have known that. Oh, it's okay. Well, now you know. You won't I forget. Do know. Harrison was the first president to have a campaign slogan. Do you know what that slogan was? I don't know. Was it like a play on words, like something about tipping a canoe? Tip the canoe? It was tip a canoe and oh. Tyler, too, because his vice president was John Tyler. Ah, very nice. Yeah. I appreciate the pun there. It's he, very beautiful. He was clever. He really was. Okay, Maddie, now we're going to move into true or false. So you have a 50-50 okay. chance of getting this right. That seems like a better chance for me. All right. True or false. His inauguration speech was the longest one ever to date. I feel like that's too specific to be false. So I'm going to go with true. That is correct. It is yes. true. All right. My next true or false for you. Harrison and his wife had to elope in secret due to the disapproval of her father. That's very spicy if it's true. So I'm going to go with true just because I want it to be true. It is true. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Her father really didn't like him uh, because Ouch. she wanted him to marry someone really rich. All right. My next true or false. Harrison and his wife had 10 children together. I, I feel like I'm going to go with false on that one. Mm. That one actually was true. Oh, no. True. Are you going all true for me? We shall see, Maddie. Oh, we shall see. This is my last question for you, Maddie. All of his children lived in the White House at some point. I feel like that one would also be very fun if it was true, so I'm going to say true. That one is actually false. It's very sad, but six of his children actually ended up dying before he was elected to be president. But you got a lot of them right today, Maddie. I'm very proud of you. Thank you so much. Hopefully they will let me stay in the history department. Oh, I'm sure they will. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today, Maddie. We really enjoyed having you here and hope to have you back sometime soon. Absolutely. It was great to be here. Without further ado, let's jump into the rest of the life of William Henry Harrison. Harrison was born on February 9, 1773, and was the youngest of seven children. He was born into one of the wealthiest and most politically prominent families in their colony. His father and mother were actually pretty good friends with the Washingtons, so he grew up hearing stories of their times together. His father was actually one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence, and his mother also came from a very wealthy family even before she met her husband. Despite the fact that Harrison was born into an extremely wealthy family, he was the youngest, which meant that he would not inherit any property of his father's because it would all go to his oldest brother. 
With that being said, he knew that he would have to work extra hard if he wanted to gain any success in life. Harrison was a very hard-working man, which is why I am featuring him on my show, Great Men Back Then, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Anyone who knew Harrison knew that he was a man of ambition, intellect, and determination. He was determined to make a life of his own, even if it meant disappointing some people in his life along the way. His father had great dreams for him to become a doctor, so he made arrangements for him to go and study in Philadelphia with Richard Rush, a renowned physician at the time. Although Harrison would not have chosen the physician route for himself, he had great respect for his father, so he went along with it. However, in 1791, Harrison's father died. With the sudden death of his father, it left Harrison with little money. This was a perfect excuse for him to give up the physician life he never wanted in the first place. He was now able to pursue whatever he wanted, and he chose the military. It really is not a huge surprise that out of anything Harrison could have chosen to pursue, he chose the military. He grew up always hearing about some kind of armed conflict going on in America, whether that be the revolution, skirmishes with the Native Americans, or the land disputes with the Spanish and French, there was always some sort of conflict Harrison grew up hearing about. With armed conflict, there was always war heroes, and this very much intrigued Harrison. He knew that he could make a name for himself in the military, especially with his connections of knowing the Washington family. Now, despite the fact that Harrison entered the army at the lowest officer's rank, he made a very strong impression and was able to win a promotion as lieutenant. To say that the young 18-year-old Harrison made a good impression with his general would be quite an understatement. After just one year of serving, General Mad Anthony Wayne made Harrison his personal aide. Mad Anthony commanded Fort Washington, an installation established to protect settlers against Native Americans and the British agents who incited them. In 1794, things took a turn for the worst and General Wayne prepared the fort for a large-scale attack by Indian forces. It was in this fight that Harrison proved himself to be a valiant and noble man. General Wayne later said, quote, I must add the name of my faithful and gallant aide, Lieutenant Harrison, who rendered the most essential service by communicating my orders in every direction, conduct and bravery exciting the troops to press for victory, end quote. Captain Harrison later took command of Fort Washington in 1796. It was not long after he took command of Fort Washington that Harrison met a beautiful young lady named Anne Sims. She was quickly captivated by the handsome face and ambitious drive. Anna came from a very wealthy family and her father had just been appointed judge for their region. It did not take long for her father to strongly disapprove of her new love interest. He did not believe that Harrison could truly make her happy or fulfill her needs since he was not as wealthy as they were. However, this did not stop the couple from falling in love even more and doing anything they could do to stay together. The couple patiently waited until her father left town and then they found a justice of peace and eloped. As you can imagine, her father was very unhappy about this and when he asked Harrison how he would support his daughter, Harrison replied and said, quote, Sir, my sword is my means of support, end quote. 
Although this was still fairly early in his military career, these words would prove themselves to ring true. With this new marriage, Harrison truly used his political connections to his advantage. With that being said, he no longer believed he could be successful with staying in the army. He left the army to become secretary of the Northwest Territory. Although Harrison was very much involved politically, he still had time to settle down and raise a family. By 1800, he would have three out of what would eventually be ten children. The children's names were Elizabeth, John Claves, Lucy, William, John Scott, Benjamin, Mary, Carter, Anna, and James. Wow, that is a lot of kids. I don't expect you to remember all of his kids' names, but it is fun to know. With all of these children, it is easy to think that this house was filled with laughter, mischief, and joy, but unfortunately, this was not the case. Only four of his children would live to see their father become president. The other six would die in the years of 1817, 1826, 1830, 1838, 1839, and 1840. It can be easy to forget that presidents such as Harrison were not only heroes and politicians, but they were real people with real families as well. During his life, he had to experience the loss of six children at six different times, and this was all while he was involved with politics or war. He had to be there for the nation as he came home to empty bedrooms each night where his children used to lay. He was in charge of a country while also trying to support his wife as she was grieving the loss of her children just as much if not even more than her husband. The sorrowful deaths of his children play a role in shaping Harrison into the man that he became and America grew to love. Although more than half of his children died before Harrison reached the White House, his son, John Scott, bore a son named Benjamin Harrison, who would eventually become the 23rd President of the United States in 1889. This was the first and only time in U.S. history that a grandson from a former president also became president. In the year of 1800, the Northwest Territory split into what were known as Ohio and Indiana Territories, and Harrison became governor of the latter, where he would serve for 12 years. As governor, he followed the commands of Presidents Adams and Jefferson by securing legal claims to as much territorial lands from Native Americans as possible. To many Native Americans back then, the idea of owning land was completely foreign to them. It would have been just as crazy as trying to tell them that someone has to own air in order for it to be theirs. They didn't believe that land should be property, but Harrison most definitely did. The leading Native American chief in the region was named Tecumseh, and he grew very weary of the endless trespassing of settlers. Harrison was relentless when it came to the land of Native Americans, and with the role of the presidency switching from Thomas Jefferson to James Madison, many of his actions were unquestioned. The last straw for Tecumseh was when the Treaty of Fort Wayne was signed in 1809. The treaty surrendered almost 3 million acres of land in Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan for two cents per acre. Harrison had a few spies amongst the Indian tribes, so he found out about the anger of Tecumseh shortly after the treaty was signed. The first thing Harrison did was go to President Madison and convince him that he needed funding for military preparations. Now, the American troops were preparing for war. 
Tecumseh and his elite guard of about 75 warriors confronted Harrison and his officials on August 15, 1810. Tecumseh made it very clear that they wanted no more of their land to be captured. Harrison tried to argue with him and tell him that any land that had been acquired was taken legally and it was rightfully theirs. Tecumseh was very upset by this and started yelling at Harrison and calling him a liar. At that moment, any chance of negotiating was over and they all knew that war was coming. As time went on, more Indian raids started taking over the settlers. The raids were often brutal and were happening more and more, so the Madison administration decided to sanction a raid to punish the Indians. Now, despite the fact that it had been 13 years since Harrison was involved with any kind of military, he was still chosen to lead this raid. He chose a very specific time that he wanted to strike because Tecumseh was out of the territory recruiting allies. The Indians were then being led by Tecumseh's brother, a spiritual leader known as the Prophet. As Harrison and his men were on their way to raid the Indians, they stopped and made camp beside a small river known as Tippecanoe. It had been a while since Harrison was in the military, and unfortunately, that showed. He allowed his men to start a campfire, which led to the Indians seeing the smoke and being led straight to them. The prophet led an attack on Harrison and his men, killing many American officers and men. This was a brave move on the Indians' part, but they did have surprise as their advantage. However, they were outnumbered, which was a huge disadvantage for them. Harrison was able to lead a counterattack the next morning, to which he and his men were mighty successful. The battle became the talk of the nation. Either people commended Harrison for his actions or shamed it, but overall there was a positive response to the actions of Harrison in relation to the Battle of Tippecanoe, which gave him the nickname Old Tip. Even though the Battle of Tippecanoe was great for Harrison because it helped him gain a solid reputation, he was pretty much the only person who benefited from it. Now, the Indians wanted to not only take back their land, but seek vengeance on American troops. Not only did Harrison have the Indians to worry about, but he also had to deal with Britain as relations were worsening with them. There was a constant conflict between France and Britain, which injured American interests by each of the two countries' endeavors to block the United States from trading with the other. Also, the United Kingdom supported the Native American tribes in an effort to prevent the United States from expanding to the West, which made Harrison and most Americans very upset. The United States declared war against the United Kingdom on June 18, 1812. The first invasions that the Americans attempted did not go well. In an attempt to attack the British colony of Canada, they lost the city of Detroit. Now, although the first invasion of the Americans did not go as planned, they performed much better at sea. Things began to turn around for the United States in 1813 with a decisive victory in the Battle of Lake Erie on September 19, 1813. A few weeks later, William Henry Harrison led the U.S. forces as they defeated a large Native American force led by Tecumseh at the Battle of Thames. At the end of September, the Americans had retaken Detroit thanks to Harrison's forces. Now, I don't have the time to discuss all the details of the War of 1812, but a major battle that took place that helped Harrison gain much popularity was the Battle of Thames. This was the battle where Tecumseh was killed and his confederacy fell apart. Harrison and his men were greatly praised after this. 
The Treaty of Ghent was signed on December 24, 1814, and the terms of the peace were status quo antebellum, which means how things were before the war. This treaty was important because it meant that Britain could not claim any territory that they lost during the Revolutionary War. After Harrison's victory in the War of 1812, he decided to move back into the political life. He would spend the next 25 years trying to win political elections. Although he did win some, such as um, this, getting to serve in the House of Representatives and also earning a spot uh, to serve on the U.S. Senate, he also lost many. However, with the catchy campaign slogan, Tippecanoe and Tyler too, Harrison was elected president in 1840, along with John Tyler as his vice president. He was the first ever president to be elected that was part of the Whig Party. Now, although the election of 1840 was a success for Harrison, the joys of being president did not last long. When he was delivering his inauguration speech, it was very cold outside, and since Harrison was of the age of 68, it was just too much for his body to handle. After delivering his speech, which was almost two hours long with no coat on, the president developed a cold, which later turned into pneumonia. He died 32 days later, making him the first president to ever die in office and serve the shortest term to this day. Although pneumonia was the official cause of death, some historians believe it also had something to do with bacteria contra contracted through the White House water supply, which may have been contaminated by raw sewage that flowed into the ground nearby. However, this is only speculation, so we are not entirely sure. Because Harrison fought for America to keep its independence against Great Britain, I argue that he was a great man. Although I do not agree with a lot of personal decisions he made, he led his troops with bravery and he persevered even when he was dealing with the many deaths of his children. For all these reasons, I argue that he was a great man. Thank you for listening to Great Men Back Then, where we talk about great men who shaped our nation into what it is today. I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and even learned something new. Come back next week as we discuss another great man in history on Great Men Back Then with your host, Lauren Scott, on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.